time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guests call in line at 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, March 7th, 2022. Good to have you with us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. We are broadcasting live from the Lenders One Winter Conference here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're at the JW Marriott. It's a glorious facility. It's cold here. Oh, guys, talked to my wife yesterday, and it was warmer there in Texas than it was here in Phoenix by 15 degrees. It's really cold. Anyway, it's good to have you here with us. We are warmed by your many comments, and many of you give us so much feedback about how this podcast is helping you stay on top of things. So thank you. Always looking for things we could do better. So we'd love to hear from you. So let's get into it. Today we have on the Hot Topics segment, Chris Zingo. He is general manager of the Americas field of operation for Finastra. And we're going to be discussing uh, mortgage lending in 2022, as well as the broader picture of what's going on with technology and how it is being driven through ESG and an acceleration of digital technology in the mortgage world. We pre-recorded this interview because I knew I was going to be here at the conference, but I'm really excited to share with you. Finastra is such a major industry participant technology company, and we're so grateful to have them also as a sponsor. So stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Industry Syndicate. We have a great partnership with them. They do a great job of promoting our podcast as well as other podcasts. Check out IndustrySyndicate.com, and I encourage you to see all the podcasts there. Hey, another word. Next week, I will be in Las Vegas, and Lender Toolkit has invited me to come in. We're going to be doing a podcast recordings from there, and it's an exciting event, and it will be Monday, March 14th at the Ice Experience, and we're going out to a racetrack and running around with Ferraris. Can you believe that? This is tough work, guys. Someone's got to do it, though. Got to get in a Ferrari, drive fast around the track. And we're going to be doing that. I encourage you, if you haven't already gotten a hold of the folks at Lender Toolkit, it's not too late. You too can participate in this. But also, I want to encourage anyone there in Las Vegas at the ICE Experience. Again, Intercontinental Exchange, which is ICE, which bought LMA. And they're doing a great job putting on their annual conference. So check out Lender Toolkit's booth. Hope you can make it out to the racetrack. I'd love to see you there. A lot of us are going to have some fun riding those cars. I'm excited to have Jack nunnery joining us again on this podcast he's a co-host of the podcast with me and as soon as i get done here i'm going to go into the main session and my good friend casey crawford is going to be speaking so i'll be meeting up with him here in a few minutes so we're going to get through these introductions and then toss it to jack and let him take it from here so i want to say a special thank you to our sponsors the mortgage bankers association of america very thrilled to have them as part of us and their sponsorship, as well as Finastra. Again, we're going to have Chris Zingo today as the special guest. Also, Lenders One. Also, Mortgage Collaborative. We will be to be at the TMC Mortgage Collaborative Miami Night Conference, March 19th through the 22nd. Be sure to go listen to the interview with Rich Zerbinski on February 7th. 
Both these co-ops create great competitive advantages for both lenders and vendors. Also, I encourage you to check out Total Expert. It turns customer insights into actions to increase loyalty and drive growth for banks, lenders, credit unions, and other financial firms. I went through a demo this last week, and I was blown away with what Total Expert can do to help lenders and have meaningful relationships. Amazing stuff. Also, Knowledge Group, thrilled to have them here. Saw them, many of them here at this conference, as well as Mobility MMI, which is the Mortgage Market Intelligence. They do a great job of helping recruit top loan officers, as does Modex, a mortgage recruiting technology tool that's very effective. Also, SnapDocs is a sponsor of us, and we appreciate them. They help lenders overcome obstacles by adopting e-mortgage technology. SnapDocs is now offering an e-mortgage quick start program. Check it out. Also, check out the interview I did with Vishal Rana back on September 13th. Also, Success Kit. Folks, I tell you so much about Success Kit and what they can do for you in drawing in and holding on to customers. They help you tell your story. There's an old proverb that says, let another man's mouth praise you, not that of your own. Well, that's what Success Kit does. They help you as a lender interview previous customers and create a narrative that will just be engaging and help you advance your business. So be sure to check them out. Also, PennyMac, their TPO, third-party originations platform. Check out the interview with Tim Nichols. We had November 1st of last year, as well as Form Free. Saw Christy Moss, Larry, they sponsored the opening session here, and it was a great speaker, and so fun to see the Form Free crew here. As well as DW Consulting, Debbie Weemus does a great job of helping you create an effective LinkedIn profile that'll promote you and your business successfully. Special thank you goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and of course, Jack. So glad to have you here. So without further ado, I'm going to toss this over to Jack, and we're going to launch it off, and he'll transition in after we hear the report from Rob Van Rappor. So Rob, what do you have for the MBA Mortgage Minute? Take it away, Rob. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHFA announced that the Housing Trust Fund and Capital Magnet Fund will receive $1.138 billion in total from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for affordable housing initiatives. These funds are used for a variety of affordable housing activities, most notably property acquisition and improvement, as well as new construction. The funds are an approximately $45 million increase over the amounts the GSEs contributed to these programs in 2021. And be sure to register for MBA's Technology Solutions Conference and Expo happening April 11th through the 14th in Las Vegas, Nevada. To register, go to mba.org slash conferences. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for that update, Rob. Always good to hear movement in affordable housing and increase of funds to help support that critical initiative. A lot of great info at Rob's MBA Mortgage Minute. Now we will hear Les Parker with TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. But markets can't tell the faults from the real. Who can they trust? Who can they trust? What fear drove gold to its highest close since its all-time highs during the first summer of COVID? A nuclear accident? World War III with nuclear weapons? 
Maybe gold rose because the world lost confidence in diplomacy, democracy, or leadership at the EU, NATO, and the United States. Maybe gold approached all-time highs because it doubts inflation gets under 2% soon, or central banks keep fiat currencies alive. With so much fear, everyone wants to turn to gold. These views are my own. Overcome fear with gold at tmspotlight.com. Thank you, Les. Again, go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe for free to Les's newsletter. Use the word power. And now we go to Matt Graham with our mortgage rate update. Hey, Jack. Thank you. So a uh, very wild couple of weeks in the markets, obviously with Ukraine in focus. And that continues to be the dominant driver, but it is not necessarily doing things in a logical way at every turn. And probably the most interesting thing that I've been seeing over the past few weeks is the relationship between oil and bond yields. Traditionally, I actually spent quite a few years examining and arguing with people that talked to me about how oil always moves in the same direction as bond yields. There are logical reasons that it should, because bond yields technically price in inflation and economic growth, among other things. And if oil is uh, a key indicator for inflation, it would uh, stand to reason that there's a correlation. Indeed, there is a correlation. It has broken down at times in the past when things have drastically affected currency valuations, considering oil is dollar denominated. But in general, since the pandemic you know, happened and since the time when markets bottomed out and started to move back toward higher rates in mid-2020, oil prices and bond yields have indeed been rising together with fairly decent correlation. The Ukraine situation, a lot of us thought before things even flared up as much as they have now, that there would be a spike in oil prices and that that could put paradoxical upward pressure on rates that would otherwise be experiencing downward pressure due to their role as sort of a safe haven risk off sort of trade. What we've ended up seeing is a weird hybrid of that where the bond market actually does get that safe haven bid, that risk off momentum that we're used to seeing in geopolitical flare-ups, but it is also getting pulled back in the other direction by spikes in oil prices. And so that makes it very hard to sort out what is happening at any given time, unless we're looking at something like treasury inflation protected securities, which just factors out inflation's impact on bond yields. It allows us to look at real bond yields, quote unquote, And uh, what we see in terms of real bond yields is fairly striking. They are very low and right in line with their lowest levels post-pandemic. And the inflation implications have, on the other hand, spiked up to their highest levels post-pandemic, highest levels since the 1990s. And all that to say that the logical things are happening. It's just that opposite forces are sort of playing off against one another. And that happened throughout the week. We were able to see logical correlation between stocks and bonds for most of the week as well. And that's also what we'd expect when the market is focused on trading broad strokes of risk. And it really pushed almost everything else to the sidelines, including the jobs report on Friday. The only exception would probably have been congressional testimony. And that was a two-day event. It was on the calendar. It wasn't scheduled for any special reason. And I think the market was looking for Powell to maybe be a little bit more conciliatory about all the drama that was going on. He did say that, yes, the Ukraine situation could affect monetary policy, but 
he firmly promised that first rate hike in March and said the Russian economy doesn't really affect the U.S. economy very much. I'll leave it to the audience and anyone else to determine if they think he's right or wrong about that. And I think the market was maybe wanting Powell to be a little bit more concerned about the situation and to not say one particular thing he said, which is the Fed certainly could hike it at 50 bips a meeting for a certain meeting or two, but he was not saying that in reference to the March meeting. Nonetheless, Wednesday was ugly for the bond market, one of the sharpest spikes in yields that we've seen in a long time, but notably only made possible because Monday and Tuesday combined to equal the biggest 48-hour drop in yields since the start of the pandemic, and one of the biggest 48-hour drops in decades. It's in a class with maybe 10 other 48-hour blocks of time that have moved that much. Same story with mortgage rates, by the way. Yeah, a lot of volatility for mortgage rates, big changes in rate sheets from day to day. That is probably the rule instead of the exception for the time being. This week, we are starting out just a bit weaker, but pretty close to last week's better levels. Rate sheets don't reflect that right now because we were a bit weaker earlier this morning. And from here on out, really just waiting for developments on the geopolitical side. We don't have any major economic data until Thursday, which brings core CPI. Well, it's not called core CPI, it's called CPI, but we are focused on the core component. It was a big market mover last time, could do the same thing this time around. And then the consumer sentiment on Friday does have inflation expectations as a part of that report, but those aren't something that the market has been trading very aggressively recently. So look for more volatility ahead and for the market to continue to be dictated by the situation in Ukraine, and then for a long, confusing process of determining how that's all going to shake out in terms of the global economy and the inflation implications of rising commodity prices. You know, Matt, as I look at this, I think it certainly makes Powell's job of a smooth landing very difficult. With oil at, what, $118, a barrel right now, and oil such a pervasive component in our economy. I mean, food has to get delivered to grocery stores. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to be in Powell's shoes right now as he's trying to weigh the fragility of the economy with all these sanctions that have been placed and the impact of rising oil prices on inflation through so many aspects of the consumer's life. How does he manage this, Matt? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great question. And interestingly enough, I'm hearing a lot more of that this morning than I did in previous weeks. And I would say in previous weeks, the word stagflation had come up quite a bit. But it hadn't come up in my preferred circle. It still wasn't really an idea that had taken root as a legitimate risk based on what we've seen so far. And now as oil is getting up to 130 a barrel overnight and now one, still at 120 right now, there's more legitimate consideration about stagflation, especially in Europe, especially in Germany. And I've seen good arguments against it, but more people are starting to talk about it. And that may be the end game to some extent, at least maybe not as it was in the past, but the Diet Coke version. You know, I haven't heard stagflation being used since, I guess, Jimmy Carter's administration. So it harkens me back to the late 70s and early 80s. But I think you, you know, hit it on the head when you said volatility. I mean, the equity markets have certainly suffered greatly since the beginning of 2022. No relief in sight there. I mean, there may be some rallies, but as long as we have inflation, and that's assuming that the war in 
the Ukraine doesn't escalate any further from a weapons standpoint right. than what it is now. But Jerome, I guess you got to really earn your money now. Well, it's kind of funny that I was watching a YouTube video last night of airplanes landing with crosswinds greater than 40 miles an hour. I think that's the approach that Jerome's got to take to this economy, kind of bring it in sideways. Yep, I agree 100% with that. It's uh, He's going to have to thread the needle. Well, thank you, Matt. For our listeners, Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live with his market updates. And you can learn more about Matt's great services at mbslive.net. Use LOL as the sign-up code to get an extended trial and no credit card required. Thanks, Matt, for being part of the show today. Thank you, Zach. Alice Alvey couldn't be with us today. She had some business commitments that she had to fulfill. We always like Alice's legislative update, and we appreciate so much Union Home Mortgage lending us Alice on a weekly basis. Thank you, Union Home, for that. Alan Pollack, or do you have your tech update and hopefully something to make us laugh today? Oh, Jack, one Congrats. This is a big deal, I think. And so uh, you're doing a great job so far. And I'm sure our listeners love hearing your voice. No one will ever replace David Licken. And we love the banter between both of you, but this is great. But yeah, I've got some great stuff, Jack. This one's great. It's called myfridgefood.com. And uh, you can go to this website. You can put in whatever you have in your fridge or whatever you'd like to, to use to make something. And then it tells you all the options that you can have with it, whether it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a pasta with ketchup. It sounds very, very millennial, but it's really not. It has some pretty cool recipes, but that's my interesting technology tip of the day. So it's called myfridgefood.com. You may want to check it out later. You never know what you can find. The other thing, Jack, I wanted to focus on, you know, I talked about Access Lending Academy last time and how much we need to help educate the next generation to get into this industry and how hard it is for mortgage technology because you need so much of the train tracks you need to have access to to drive your train down those tracks. And if you think about how do we help other folks get into our industry or how do we open positions to allow people to move up that we may have brought in, one is Code Academy. And I'm just talking about technology. We talked in the past, Google's got a program where many folks or many institutional lenders in our industry are hiring right out of Google. Well, CodeAcademy.com is an online learning center that you can go. Your staff can go here. It's very inexpensive, so if you wanted to provide them a corporate scholarship or sponsorship, rather, for them to do that, you can. And they can learn all types of things about coding. What's really big right now, Jack, is data science. Right, being able to determine how does the data work and what's the story that data can tell. And if you relate that, to everything we're doing, right, whether it's the fall-off rates from origination or from CRM touch points to application to operations to closing, what is the data you're going to look at? And if you were to put some folks possibly through this program, think about all the analytics that you could have. And that's just one area, but that's the Code Academy. The next thing I want to talk about, Jack, really exciting. Every year we've got the Housing Wire Tech 100. And we've got the 2022. There is a huge group of amazing technology solutions in our industry. Open Close, where I work, we are one of them. But they range from, and I'm just going to name a couple, Loan Logics to Lodestar to Ice Mortgage Technology, uh, HomeBot, FormFree, another one of our sponsors, Finicity, Finlocker, Doma. And so you can go just Google Housing Wire 2022 Tech 100, and you'll see a list of these 100 fantastic 
technology companies and take a look at some of the solutions they have. The links go directly to their websites if you want to learn more. I want to also talk today, Jack, a little bit about fraud. Fraud seems to be a big thing. And the reason I bring this up today is I wound up having a very unique fraud situation happen to me recently. I got a text message from one of the banks I use is TD Bank. And I got a text message from TD Bank that's disguised as a TD Bank phone number. So if I click it, it said TD Bank and it called them. But the text message said that we've noticed fraud on your account and reply yes or no to confirm if you want us to block this. And so I said, yes, please block it. And then I get a phone call and they said, I'm so-and-so from TD Bank. And they started asking me information. Now, my risk radar is always up and I quickly caught on. But they basically started saying that someone logged into my online account, tried to send a Zelle money wire, which is Zelle, as everyone knows today, is P2P. And it basically, um, they started asking me to confirm social and other information, which I stopped doing. I immediately called the bank. And what they said is that that is a typical fraud call. And if you had given them too much information, they could have called us, pretended that they were you and gotten access to your account and then really sent a Zelle. So certain banks have certain access and limits to that. But I mention this because as a lender, you may want to have a communication that you send out. Just like if you're staying at a hotel and you get a reminder that says, I hope your stay is going great. Don't forget that we've got these different amenities for you. As a lender, you should almost think about due diligence as a relationship and a good way to remind your borrowers that they're in a very unique time of their lives working on the largest transaction they've ever had. And technology has advanced so much that please be aware that your bank will usually never do this. We'll never ask you to wire money this way. And just keep them on their toes, right? That may be one good suggestion. The other thing I wanted to mention about fraud, as you think about that communication plan, the FBI has an entire section called Financial Institution and Mortgage Fraud. And they focus on all the different areas that fraud occurs. And I'm just going to list one or two. You want to Google this and check it out. We can also provide the link. It's just at the FBI website. But foreclosure rescue schemes, loan mod schemes, illegal property flipping, equity skimming, they call home equity conversion, HECM fraud, and even air loans. And I've never heard of air loans, Jack. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's basically no. a loan where there's usually no collateral. And these are all ways that borrowers are being tricked into doing something when they're sometimes either in a desperate situation or there's a lot of clouds with the way that the market and everything is and they're looking for someone to help and help guide them. So think about technology is fantastic, right? Operationally, there's all these great tech solutions, but let's communicate with our borrowers. Let's communicate with our tech vendors. Let's just manage expectations. I think that goes a long way. You know, that's really interesting, Alan. I mean, all of us have gotten that text alert that focuses on a potential transaction and please reply yes or no. And to hear that text alert is actually the fraudster that's trying to perpetrate fraud is pretty scary. But I think you bring up a, a very important point, and that was these borrowers are going through almost for the large majority the most important financial transaction that they will do during the course of their life, and that is buying a home or refinancing. And that makes them a target for fraudsters. And to have a conversation with each and every borrower about be alert, be vigilant, 
here's how we're going to behave during this process. And if you see behavior that is outside of this box, be wary and pick the phone up, call your loan officer, or call your designated point of contact at the origination company and check it out before acting on it. I don't know many mortgage companies that do that, but in this day and age where cybercrime is so prevalent and consumers are so vulnerable at this critical financing event that they're going through, now's not the time to drop your guard and just to be wary as you progress through any transaction of this size. I think it's really an important message, Alan. Yeah, thanks for accentuating that, Jack. I, I would agree. And here's something that's really interesting, and I can send this to David. We can get this posted. It's called The Time It Takes a Hacker to brute force your password. And you could share something like this with your borrowers, but it also goes for your organization. These hackers, they get into your account, whether it's Google or your iCloud account, and they track it. You don't know they're in it. They watch, and they watch for different financial transactions. Well, get this. If you were to have a password that was, let's say, eight characters long, which is pretty big, right? That's more than usually your, just your first name or just your last name and you were to have just like a whole set of numbers, hackers can brute force your password instantly. If you were to mix it up and do uppercase letters and lowercase letters, at eight characters, they can brute force your password with a script that runs in two minutes. And if you were to actually have numbers, uppercase and lowercase letters and symbols, and it was only eight characters long, they can brute force your password in 39 minutes. So obviously technology is great, right? But we need to be reminded, and maybe part of that message is to remind your borrowers, they're in a very unique time in their lives, and there is a sensitivity to these financial transactions. And maybe it's good to remind them to change your password. Here's some steps if you don't have a strong password. More than happy to chat with anyone if you have any questions. And of course, if anyone is looking for employment in the industry, David, myself, we get contacted with people they're looking to hire. So please reach out to us. And uh, we'll get those articles and the brute force password guide also share, Jack, and we can get that out to everyone. Thank you very much, Alan. Okay, my password's 13 characters with numbers and special signs. How long does it take them to brute force that? So your 13 characters and your numbers and symbols, it will take 202,000 years. So you are in a great situation. But if you take exactly what you have and you lower that to 10 characters from 13, they can brute force it in five months. So think about that. If you haven't changed your password in five months and you've got 10 characters with numbers, symbols, uppercase and lowercase, somebody potentially in the last five months could have hacked your password. Okay, listeners, 13 is the number. To contact Alan, you can reach him at alan at tms-advisors.com. Alan, thank you very much for the weekly tech update. And this is the end of our weekly mortgage updates on this section of the podcast. If you're listening to us on a downloaded basis, you can check out the next episode for our Hot Topics segment. Say a special thank you to all of our sponsors, Financial Lenders One, Mobility MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Cooperative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Penny Mac, Total Expert, and Form Free. Have a great week, everybody. Forward to seeing you back here next week. Uh-huh.
You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.